don't mention the V word. I did it once and I think I got away with it. Belgium's staying meaty. Here, why vegans are actually delighted. And how many people are searching for vegan banana bread this January? We at Vegan Week are nothing if not the hard-hitting home of animal rights news. Anyway, that's enough of the falafel. I'm Kate. And I'm Anthony, and this is episode 31 of Vegan Week. Welcome to episode 31 of Vegan Week. If you're listening to this because your local council has told you to drive a January this year, shame on you. Didn't you know our local farmers need your support? Vegans hate farmers, don't you know? In all seriousness, Anthony, thank you everyone for tuning in. We're here to talk about the week's news relating to animal rights and the vegan movement. However, before we do, we need to thank our fabulous sponsors, Fire and Flow Coffee. If you love great coffee, want to spend your money with vegan businesses and love a cheeky discount, head over to Fire and Flow Coffee, co.uk, and enter Falafel10. That's Falafel10 at the checkout and get 10% off your order. Indeed, before we jump into this episode, thanks to everyone who has already rated us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or indeed if you've shared the show with others. It really helps the show be visible to more people, as well as getting the other shows we produce, Vegan Talk and the Going Vegan series, out to more people as well. Do check those shows out if you haven't already. Right, Anthony, that's enough of your falafel. Let's hear what's been going on in the world of vegan and animal rights news. So, as with every episode of Vegan Week, our mission is to give a balanced and informed rundown and commentary of our top 10 vegan and animal rights news stories from the week. Anthony, what's our first story this week? Well, in a theme we're going to see repeating itself a few times this week, all manner of people are getting into trouble for daring to advocate for plant-based eating. This one's from GB News and the headline is Woke Farming College Apologises After Imposing Sustainable Vegan Menu. This was covered in loads of places this week. We've just happened to take the GB News version of it. So that. The story runs, a college has been forced to apologise after it imposed a sustainable vegan menu, prompting backlash from the agricultural community. How dare they promote sustainability? Bishop Burton College in Beverly in East Yorkshire, which provides courses in farming, shared a Facebook post challenging students to go vegan for a month. In the post, the college urged students to join its meat-free Monday scheme as part of a push for students to try January, the Beverly College said it was doing so to promote a healthy diet, contributing to good mental health as well as sustainability. Now, enraged farmers slammed the institution, who they claim should be banging the drum for the industry instead of promoting veganism. Kate, I mean, how dare they step out of line like this? What are they playing at? Guardian reading tofu wokarati again, isn't it? <laughs> well done, GB News. Well done, all of them, actually, but GB News. Yeah, um, they're all getting cross, aren't they, about this? This was reported in loads of places. Did you, did you see the video as well with oh, the, no, the farmer? 
Did you not see the video on there? And uh, there was, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, the woman who was replying as a vegan, I'm not sure. But yeah, oh my goodness, he was going on about balanced diet and saying you can't get amino acids and a whole list of other stuff from vegan diets. I mean, what does he think we live on? I don't, uh, it's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's really uninformed, I think, as well. And if, mm. if, if you look at the articles, the headline is basically some people have got cross and then when you look at who's got cross i mean not not to be snobbish but they're just random people off the street basically or you know 16 year olds who are taking their courses there it's like is this really news i know that we're reporting on it but i think we're reporting on a broader theme of of people getting provoked and going oh you can't possibly advocate for veganism i don't understand how like a few facebook comment is deemed news in in this regard mm. i think there were a few students as well there weren't they so who is it somebody max robinson 16 studying for a t level in livestock agriculture at the college said students such as myself who are from agricultural families are shocked by this outrageous decision. They have no right to only offer vegan options and no meat-based alternatives. And Ollie Harrison, 42, a cereal farmer near Liverpool... Well, he, said, should, be, he should be delighted. Well, I know, but a cereal farmer is, you know, it's regarded as a good agricultural college, but it has now lost a lot of respect from current and past students. They should be banging the drum for meat farming, not doing it the other way round. The staff there need to remember where their wages come from. Ouch! I mean, that, that says a lot, doesn't it? Where their wages come from. I mean, I guess... Maybe does the NFU subsidise the college or what? I don't know. But the fact is, yeah, like you said, it's a cereal farmer. Don't we need we eat bread and all the rest? I'm guessing a lot of that cereal is actually going to feed the animals. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there, there seem to be a lot of it's not confusion, but people are just assuming that agriculture equals animal agriculture. Mm. You know, that that student who said, "I'm from an agricultural family." Well, that, that, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be exploiting animals, does it, really? No. In, in terms of the comment of, like, remember where your wages come from, mm. I think your mm. wages come from commodifying the lives of innocent sentient beings. If, if we want to get down to it, that's where your wages come from. Let's not forget that, you know. Well, yeah, I think they, I think they might be referring to the wages of the people that work at the college at that point, though. That's what I right, think, yeah, think he might be referring to. Okay, but still, like that in that case, like mm. part of that is based on teaching people how to exploit the lives of innocent sentient beings. So it's it's still like an industry, isn't it? It sure is. But I mean, don't they learn how to do anything else at this agricultural college? Don't they learn how to grow potatoes or yeah. you know, or apples or anything yeah. else, you know? The, the the most troubling thing for me was just how quickly the college backed down. Just absolutely like similar I know I go on about it a lot, but like just before Christmas when Nat West just completely backed down to a little bit of pressure, exactly the same, like that that you can hear them 
them groveling um, mm. and just on their knees going like, oh, no, please. Like the, the principals yeah. saying we, we, we'd like to address the response to our social media post. We fully recognise and apologise for the impression this gave to our wider farming community. And they mentioned stakeholders and, 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 and things like that. Like it's they're clearly terrified that they've they've put their foot in it. It's such a sensitive mm. issue, isn't it? At least the college has addressed it, even if it has backed down. Mm. It's out there. You know, this is obviously the first time they have, and it's, um, I'm guessing, oh, it's for sustainability. Yeah, good mental health as well as sustainability. You know, mm. I mean, to say those things is quite something, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and you know, the greenwashing that goes on. From the farming community, the NFU, etc., 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 that animal agriculture is actually good for the environment. So mm. um, the fact that the college has actually said it in the first place, even if they have backed down, mm. um, I still think is is pretty good. Yeah, so. I I agree. And actually, we featured Viva ads that got banned last year and then got so many more views because they were banned. I think this issue is being discussed far more and is getting far more of a spotlight than if yeah. they just left it alone and people hadn't complained because you're not yeah. telling me many people who are on that that college's Facebook page are going to click on a Veganuary link. They'll just ignore it and go, oh, what a bunch of idiots, I'm not doing that. Whereas now it's got all this coverage. So the, the outrage yeah. has played into our hands. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's, uh, it's not just... Yorkshire Agriculture College is getting in hot water though, is it? Uh, no. In the Midlands, near you, Anthony, there are people being naughty and mentioning the V word. From Farming UK, rural campaigners urge Warwickshire Council to retract vegan advice. Oh no, not another word. Rural campaigners are calling on Warwickshire County Council to retract its advice for residents to adopt vegan or vegetarian diets. The council's online green pledges tool allows residents to commit to a number of environmentally conscious resolutions aimed at addressing climate change. Councillor Heather Timms, portfolio holder for environment at the council, said, I hope to see as many residents as possible embracing these pledges as they give thought to their 2024 New Year resolutions. We are not only safeguarding our local environment, but also contributing to the global movement towards a sustainable future. But, surprise, surprise, da, 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 the Countryside Alliance have hit back, warning that this poses an attack to British farmers altogether, who work tirelessly to produce nutritious, affordable and sustainable food for our populace. And, you know, people are getting enraged when the Countryside Alliance steps in. Yeah, it's like the Jeremy Clarkson red face ometer, isn't it? Like, oh, you, just, yeah. you just know that it's making that that effect uh, throwback to our New Year episode on the 31st of December for anyone who's not heard. Yeah, isn't it interesting how vegans are called snowflakes and are really sensitive and, you know, we're really hyperbolic. And yet all that's got to happen is a county council has got to suggest, not mandate, suggest mm. that people might like to try changing the way they eat for a few days at the start of the year. And people are wading in saying, take that back. This is an assault on our industry, our way of life. Like, 
I thought we were the sensitive ones. It's really interesting how little is required to provoke such a reaction. And like you say, it's the countryside alliance. You you know you're doing well if they've stepped in because they're it seems like they are the animal ags sort of fire brigade, really, trying to put out fires <laughs> that, that, that the vegan movement is is starting in their eyes. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? <laughs> no, it's the countryside <laughs> alliance to the rescue. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what a pile of crap. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, they yeah, they they must be absolutely yeah, they're hyper vigilant, aren't they? Mm. I mean, they they must have lost sleep really having to keep their eyes peeled for all this vegan stuff that or that you know councils are are pumping out. Yeah, and yeah, I was going to say Jeremy Clarkson. Does he live in Warwickshire? Uh, I think his farm's in Oxfordshire. I don't oh, I don't oh, know. Right. I, I can't say I follow his life oh, particularly well. closely. No. What, what's interesting, I think, is. Of course, they're worried. You can see that. You can see that by how sensitive they're being, just the tiniest little hint that they're, they're responding really strongly. But then when you look at their arguments, they're really they're really weak. They're really mm. flimsy. You know, they're saying the, the UK agriculture sector is pioneering regenerative farming techniques that reduce emissions and increase biodiversity. I mean, it doesn't take much intelligence to, to pull that argument apart, like increase biodiversity, a, a mm. farm. Like, come on, what was there before the farm? It was wild forest and things like that. Of of course, animal agriculture is not increasing biodiversity. And just they're saying things like it's it's disappointing to see a council ignore these efforts and regurgitate lazy claims. I mean, come on, that's exactly what you're doing. It's a shame that that these things are being argued over. You'd hope the science would speak for itself. but Yeah, I clicked on the, the Warwickshire Council page for this and it's got a face of, smiling councillor Izzy Seacombe, leader of the Warwickshire County Council and she's holding up a little board saying I pledge to eat less meat I've already started and it's fine smiley face you know so (laughs) you know well good for them absolutely you know again this is all brilliant news for us I think isn't it it's all positive going in the right direction I think so so. and and, uh, for me that the the most positive thing is going to be people making up their own mind on these things, not being swayed by lobby. I don't want people to be too swayed by a quote vegan lobby. I want people to be able to access the information and work it out from themselves. And my my honest belief is people will do that, and they will their resolution will be to go for something that's kind of more compassionate, more sustainable. Mm-hmm. But we've got to be not so sensitive about like the the, the yeah. threat of oh you're being told what to do. No, you're not. No. Calm down. I know <laughs> absolutely. And that and the the kind of going more plant based is only one of the the things they're talking about as well. They are talking about cutting down on your food waste. You know, perhaps walking, cycling to work instead of using the car. You know, there's a whole load of different things that you can do, and and just one of them is is to move towards a more plant-based diet. I I wonder, like you you mentioned that, like obviously because we're in a vegan sphere, we're going to notice when, you know, animal ag is fighting back. Do you think people who are really into cars are noticing, like are the RAC fighting back and the AA, they're saying, hey, you you can't suggest that people car share or walk to work. You're undermining our industry. This is is barbaric. (laughs) 
you're attacking our way of life. I don't think people would do that. I think it's just the farming no. sector. Maybe there's more heritage of it. You know, it's hundreds of years of that. Whereas that, you know, cars are a new technology themselves. So maybe they're more, I, I, I don't I, know. I'm, I'm talking rubbish, I think. But I, th- I think it's interesting that, that that advice from the council is, as far as I'm aware, not being jumped upon as an attack on people's way of life and mandating things. It's just seen as, no, that's good good common sense we should be doing that poor old countryside alliance (laughs) they earn their money i'm sure they work very hard they do they do well the animal ag industry seems to be working overtime this month and you've got news of desperate pleas for people not to give up red meat yeah if it wasn't for what their industry is based on you'd almost feel sorry for them they've got their work cut out at the moment haven't they this one again from farming uk new campaign encourages public not to give up red meat similar again kate to one you brought up in the new year's episode um because it's Mm. meat promotion wales again this is a new campaign encouraging the public not to give up red meat in the name of healthy living launched on tuesday last week meat promotion wales's campaign urges the public not to quit red meat in the midst of new year's resolutions fad diets and health kicks how dare you try and get healthy back in your corner eat some meat the quit the quitting campaign will feature dietitian nicola ludlam rain and food experts more on this in a minute hollywoods and lilo angharad who will highlight the health benefits of red meat hcc's head of strategic marketing laura pickup great name explained grass-fed meat like welsh lamb and welsh beef also contains omega-3. Though, interestingly, Kate, they haven't mentioned the carcinogens or the cholesterol or the saturated fat. What What's going on? This seems like a biased campaign. Your friend of mine, <laughs> Meat Promotion Wales. Yeah. yeah, they don't mention the fact that you're more likely to... Oh, so I had this conversation with somebody a few days ago about, oh, well, all those vegetables you eat, you're, they're much more... You're more likely to be picking up all sorts of pollutants from the rest and plastics and and what have you because of all those vegetables growing outside and I said well you know (laughs) animals animals grazing across all that grass you know there's a whole a much more massive area where they're 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 eating all that stuff you know and it's all becoming bioaccumulated in them what an odd (sighs) argument I know a very odd argument a very odd argument indeed but oh I don't know sorry I'm I'm lost now (laughs) Um, but yeah it was still it's just full of greenwashing again, isn't it? You know. Did you see the uh, quote experts food blog? Did you? Oh, I did. Yes. We'll put it in the show notes. I mean, I I don't want to shame anyone on what they're eating. However, if someone's being dubbed a food expert, mm. when I then click on their Instagram profile, I don't expect to see quite the amount of beige that there was i mean maybe yeah. uh, this is hollywood maybe she's an expert in beige food it's it just looked like she's found 962 ways to make a spaghetti bolognese it was yeah. un- unbelievable but but they're yeah. hailed as an expert so whatever they say goes it's um yeah yeah it was very very boring looking I, I got really bored after scrolling down for several minutes and it all looked the same didn't it yeah. I mean maybe this is what all non-vegan food bloggers content looks like I'm I'm used to seeing like Buddha bowls flying across my screen and things like that when when I'm on Instagram but this was yeah beige fest isn't that the concept of what vegan food's supposed to be like really really boring looking mm. you know actually but no not at all yeah. but 
Yeah, this this whole campaign though, quit the quitting. Yeah. I mean, you know, oh dear. We know you can't keep up your New Year's resolution, so just give up now because you're completely useless. You yeah, know? yeah. Do you think they turn up to uh, AA meetings as well and just, you know, just any kind yeah. of quitting? They're really against it. No, keep smoking, keep smoking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Bless. Keep smoking, keep drinking. I know, I know. Bless. It's just they just like, oh. can't deal with all this hope in January, can they? All these no, news they resolutions. Can't. No, no, no. It's just it's just like, yeah. Oh, they're just and they're just lying, aren't they? So quit the lying. That's what I say. Quit the lying. In, yes. Yes. Good good idea. Good idea. Let's take a step away from farming for a bit. I, I'm in need of an ag break. What have we got, Kate? Yeah, right. Okay. Well, let's Boil ourselves with some raw numbers that'll make us feel good, hopefully. From the Craft Guild of Chefs, Sodexo. They say their sales of vegan and vegetarian meals continue to grow. So global services company Sodexo has announced another year-on-year increase in the consumption of meat-free meals. Kaboom! Analysis of over 2.7 million meals sold across 285 of its UK and Ireland client sites in 2023 revealed that 11% were vegan or vegetarian. This represents an increase on the 10% reported in the previous year. We'll take it. A 1% increase. That's fine. That's an increase. (laughs) (laughs) At this rate, the country will be vegan in 89 years. (laughs) And what do you reckon? Is a food services company a good measure of the progress of the vegan movement? They supply schools and like big, big, they do big catering things, basically. So in a sense, their scale is such that it's it would probably be quite representative. Obviously, it's just one facet of, of life. And and actually, they, they clearly seem to be a company that wants to make a shift. Let's be clear, they're not a vegan company. Far from it. But they've got a goal of net zero in 2040. And they want 33% plant-based meals on their menus by 2025. So like, they've got an agenda so in a in a sense i don't think you can use it as a barometer for what the rest of the country's doing but it's good that they're doing it isn't it isn't it and like i say they're a big company so actually if they make a shift it extrapolates out to to a much bigger net change if that makes sense rather than mrs jones next door decides to go a bit more plant-based it it has less of an effect i i thought it was gently encouraging not the not the biggest number change though was it Kate for from 10% last year to 11% this year hopefully it's actually going to make quite an impact yeah and they they do seem like quite an ethically conscious company as well because they're uh, working alongside made in hackney mm. which is really good isn't it providing free and nutritious vegan meals for over 300 beneficiaries yeah and i don't know to what extent their choice of made in hackney was conscious but they themselves are a very conscientious company completely vegan they um, are yeah so they, that was really nice to yeah, see yeah absolutely how about something from meat management woohoo <laughs> belgium to keep meaty labels on vegan foods so the belgian government has ruled that 
meaty vegan labels are not likely to be banned as they do not mislead consumers. The proposed label changes, which are advocated for by the meat industry trade bodies like the General Farmers Syndicate, the Federation of Meat Producers, the Farmers Union and the Union of Butchers were set aside as delegates failed to rule meaty labels as confusing. I don't know about you, Anthony. Sometimes I'm just so confused, aren't you? I just stand there in the shop kind of looking at the meat products and then looking at the vegan products and I think, oh no, I don't just don't know which one to pick. Yeah. I just don't know which is which, do you? Well, I mean, I mean that, that that's the pleasing thing of this story and indeed Oatley's judgment a few weeks ago that, that actually we're starting to see these like a kind of positive backlash of um, courts saying, do you know what? People aren't being confused. Back in yeah. your corner, Animalag. Like stop trying to just put up these pointless obstructions to vegan companies and plant-based products like there's not a problem there's no confusion let them get on with it i mean yeah if there was genuine confusion i'd i'd want it sorted out i don't want to accidentally buy some pork loin or or or, or whatever is that even a thing if i made <laughs> if i made up an animal product there um mm. but like it's it's not confusing is it so let's just be no. clear about that and that that seems to be to be happening in belgium doesn't it yeah no i think it yeah it's not confusing in the least people are not daft are they they really are not so yeah but just imagine how bonkers some of these people are going to be when you know like cultured and fermented animal products hit the shelves yeah yeah what are they gonna what are they gonna be like then really well i I can see more of an argument there but i mean obviously for you and i like we i don't think Mm. we would particularly care we're not going to touch it either way but i can understand then but like in, in this case now it's it's not controversial at all it's it's obvious what products are i thought it was interesting i don't know if you saw the bit at the end of this story saying that france has drafted a similar decree banning plant-based words including the word steak ham and butcher but it didn't ban the word burger it just seems like every country every region is picking mm. different things to have a go at. It's not really a unified attempt by Animalag, is it? It's it's actually just a few disparate groups of people saying, we think you shouldn't do this word. We think you shouldn't do this. I, and I, I, Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, bean burgers and things have been around for years, so I'd like to see them try and ban the word burger <laughs> anyway, wouldn't you, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. They, they, they didn't take on, they didn't dare take on a massive bean burger incorporated. The, <laughs> The French government knew that that was a step too far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, well, they just, oh, dear, they just kind of have to calm down, calm down and, you know, get used to it, aren't they, really? Well, I I think the secret is for us to hold our nerve as well, actually, because I think common sense will prevail with these things. Mm. But it's very easy to kind of hear a a vague rumour that, oh, you can't call it plant-based milk anymore. And then for us to lose our nerve, whereas actually if we're just saying, no, 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 it's very clear what we're saying, we're not trying to mislead anyone, then I I, I think actually we'll come up trumps. And I mean, let's face it, it is all to try and curb the increase in plant-based foods and isn't it really and to stop people and I guess it's mainly at the moment flexitarians who are perhaps like oh meat free Monday or what Mm. have you you know and and it's an easy swap for them Mm. so and they're just trying to curb that by 
calling people too stupid to understand the labels. So, you know, that is, it's just not going to stop, is it? People, people are concerned about the environment, concerned about, and hopefully becoming more concerned about animal welfare too, one would hope. Yeah. So that is just not going to stop, you know, changing the labels is not going to stop people choosing those products. Hold yeah. firm up the revolution. Right, let's, <laughs> let's stick with international news for the moment, I think. Kate, we've got a story from Nigeria now. Yes, from the Animal Reader. Nigeria combats elephant poaching by destroying seized tusks. So... This is Nigeria's attempts to protect its dwindling elephant population from poaching, which saw a huge amount of elephant tusks worth about $11.2 million publicly destroyed. Mark Othua from the Wild Africa Fund explained that they want to make a public show of destroying them to mark an era when Nigeria says no to illegal wildlife trade, no to destruction of biodiversity, no to destruction of wildlife. He said, we want to let people know these tusks belong to elephants. They are most beautiful on the elephants and we should leave them on the elephants. Every tusk that you see today represents an animal that has been killed. Anthony, in a sad situation, it's at least a positive sounding response. Yeah, I thought so. Horrific stats with this story. Like the Mm. the population in the last 30 years of elephants in Nigeria has gone from 1,500 down to 400 due to poaching for ivory, loss of living spaces, conflicts with people. And actually thinking about it, I mean, obviously these people know, have a huge amount of experience in, in how to try and combat these things. Actually removing the product, even though those unfortunate elephants that they've come from, presumably already deceased, but actually just destroying the product as well as this symbolic gesture that they're they're sort of making it out to be, it it takes it out of sight, doesn't it? And it's kind of like uh, if, if these if these tusks are still a commodity that could be traded, could be stolen, whatever. It, it kind of keeps it going as a thing, whereas if it's it's just destroyed, maybe it's less alluring, and, and I don't know. But um, mm. yeah, I, I I like the words of the of the chap from the Wild Africa Fund there, you know, saying that these these things belong to this animal, like it's it really isn't yours um, to take. So I thought that was that was a good response, and it sounds like they're taking it seriously, doesn't it? It does. Um, I mean, I do worry that it will make the ivory from the tusks of the elephants are still alive even more mm. desirable. Perhaps yeah. I don't know. I mean, it is it is just horrendous and heartbreaking to think that in a few years time perhaps there will be no wild elephants at all left i mean it's it's just horrible and horrifying isn't it really yeah so i i did have a quick look at the wwf website and they say that uh, i think worldwide 20,000 elephants are killed each year i mean mm. 20,000 yeah and i did wonder i mean i don't know if you there was a a project that i heard of where i think it was was it rhinoceroses or rhinos mm. uh, they were dyeing their tusks a colour to make them so that they were less 
um, attractive for poachers. Oh. And I so I, I said I had a little Google of of that, and the IFAW is saying that they can't really do that for elephants because their tusks grow an inch in a year, oh, and right. it so they'd have to sedate them, and it causes terrible stress. And there's like four hundred thousand animals that they would have to do it for and it's just it's just an impossible task so i don't know we need some really really clever thinking to help protect these elephants that are left don't we yeah really depressing and for what for what yeah well it's it's like all animal exploitation it's it's ultimately it it completely changes or ends the life of Mm. a sentient being but from a human point of view, it's always fleeting, whether we're eating yeah. or whether it's entertainment or, or whatever. Mm. It's it's always just a momentary thing that then just disappears mm. and we forget well, trinkets. about it. Trinkets. Mm. Trinkets in this case, you know. And, and I mean, if, and you, lo- you lose elephants and you... They, you know, all the things that they do to help the biodiversity of, of where they live as well. You know, they planting seeds and churning up the ground, I guess, and uh, just making habitats for other creatures. Mm. Um, you know, it just has a massive knock-on effect for biodiversity as well, doesn't it? So yeah. it's not just for the elephants. I mean, it's just, it's tragic for the elephants, but just stop it. Stop it now. Indeed. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. We've got a couple of studies to report this week Anthony you've got the first yeah feeling the pressure with this one from Psy Post men on vegan diets perceived as less masculine highlighting gender stereotypes in diet choices Gotta say, I've not got a problem with that, but um, I'm sure a lot of people would. A recent study uncovered significant gender stereotypes and societal perceptions associated with vegetarian and vegan diets. The study, which comprised both a quantitative study and a qualitative qualitative focus group, revealed that men on vegan diets are often perceived as lacking in masculinity and that both men and women experience various social challenges due to their dietary choices. The findings have been published in the journal Sex Roles. Now, Kate, this completely depressed me, not not because I'm a man, but just how narrow-minded all the assumptions seem to be. I've I've got to say it was, yeah, it, it really made me despair of, of the way that we view one another in these stereotypes that we build up for, for such trifling things why does it matter what someone eats in terms of like how you perceive them as a as an individual it's incredible you'd think we were past all that kind of stuff wouldn't you um well i think a lot of us are you know I, i i think i think maybe 20 years ago i and those i know perhaps wouldn't have challenged this whereas i like to think we're a bit more progressive than that now and so that there would you know, there, there would be people who would challenge these assumptions, so, some of which were things like men were more suspicious of a meat-avoiding partner. Uh, not suspicious in terms <laughs> of just generally suspicious, but they were kind of like, ooh, I'm not sure if I want a meat-avoiding partner. That There was uh, a statement that people felt that male vegans were often viewed as, viewed as physically weak, less masculine, or even gay. Like, th- th- come on, like... Of- of course. Like, how does your food choice affect your sexuality? Like, I yeah. could almost understand it in terms of physical strength. There might be a, a sort of outdated thought. But, like, how's why is it affecting, you know, who you fancy? Absurd. Yeah, it is completely absurd. And, um, you know, I think the trouble is that they're... 
that people are getting a little bit confused. I think they think that, like, I think they're mistaking going to the supermarket and buying meat on a plastic tray wrapped in plastic is, you know, the same as going out into the wild and killing a bison with a bow and arrow, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, and bringing it home, you know, yeah. here's the meat. Yeah, I don't know. I'm the man, I provide the meat. You go and do your hunter-gathering. Yeah. <laughs> Little woman. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, we yeah. um, people who are sort of relatively new to the podcast, we did discuss this in episode four. Myself and Richard discussed the issue of why more men aren't vegan, and that there's lots of studies on on things like this. But one thing that came up there, which which also came up in this study, was that basically men are scared. Men are affected by a fear of failing to conform to traditional mm. gender roles and that mm. can be a, a a big barrier it's i think it's ironic because often men the traditional view of a man anyway is someone who is fearless but actually a lot of research points to the fact that men are very scared of going outside mm. of the norms outside of what mm. their peer group expects them to do or thinks mm. them to do so kind of any stepping out of line and it's like no you're weak you're rubbish you're inferior you mustn't do that that's group dynamics i guess isn't it i think you know women are kind of do are prone to that feeling as well sometimes i'm, I'm sure they are yeah but, yeah absolutely. Um, and yeah. what is so masculine about drinking the breast secretions of another mammal that's what i want to know this is why i love like vegan sports celebs and people like that because, you know, they're at the top of their game. They're not afraid to show kindness. We had the the Game Changers movie, didn't we? Yeah. Um, they're doing their weight training or running that are super fast or whatever it is their, their, their sport is. They're creating, hopefully, they're creating new stereotypes for uh, the modern world, I'm hoping. I don't know about new stereotypes. I think maybe just breaking the initial ones, I think stereotypes okay. in stereotypes in general are not a good thing are they i i no. would say but like you say it's it's evidence of your stereotype there is inaccurate remove that there doesn't need to be a stereotype mm. at all but you're right it's don't you think people feel they they not want to feel like they're fitting into a group or a stereotype or something because they feel more comfortable yeah but i I don't know. I, I mean, this this is a whole other podcast, but I think as soon as you go into stereotypes, you, you arguably go into the school of thought of, well, all people like this behave in this way, which mm. is, I think that's quite unhelpful. And that's at the core of things like discrimination, in-group, out-group discrimination, things like that, which is a, a really bad mm. human instinct. I, I get what you're saying about people like to identify themselves in a certain way. I think that's fine. Mm. But, but in terms of saying, because I'm in this box, me and everyone else has this tendency, I think that's then where it becomes a bit a bit dangerous. Because you could, I mean, you know, we've picked up on there the, the fact that this study said that some people were often viewed as physically weak, less masculine or even gay mm. because they're mm. vegan. Mm. That That's completely irrelevant. And yet you could look at some stats, couldn't you, and say, well, actually, compared to the population more vegans are gay or less vegans are gay well that's that, that's irrelevant it's mm. like they're not causal so i i think that's no. just what we need to be careful of but like you say there's plenty of plenty of evidence to show that a lot of these um these stereotypes and um 
predilections are not actually true so that's that's the main thing I think we should move on and we should look at (laughs) I mean it's not particularly helpful because this next one is a female centric study The, the, the studies this week are obsessed with gender it would seem yeah not sure why the gender divide is so prominent this week from Tufts University diets rich in plant protein may help women stay healthy as they age So a new Tufts-led study found women who ate more plant-based protein developed fewer chronic diseases and were generally healthier in life. The study was published on January the 17th in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Analyzing self-reported data from more than 48,000 women, the researchers saw notably less heart disease, cancer and diabetes, and cognitive and mental health decline in those who included more protein in their diets from sources such as fruits, vegetables, bread, beans, legumes, and pasta. Hold on a minute. Protein from plants? You're kidding me. (laughs) It's not possible. (laughs) No, compared to those who ate less. Consuming protein in midlife was linked to promoting good health in older adulthood, said Andres Ardison Korat, a scientist at at the HNRCA and lead author of the study. We also found that the source of protein matters. Getting the majority of your protein from plant sources at midlife, plus a small amount of animal protein, ah, seems to be conducive to good health and good survival to older ages. And sounds promising. Yeah, it does. You you eked at the right moment there because there was that sort of bit where they seem to be saying, yes, plant protein's the best, plus have a small amount of animal protein. And I couldn't quite understand why they've included that. I, I had a good read through it and I, I, I didn't understand where they got that from or where this basis was because they, they said that they should people should also consume some fish and animal protein for their iron and vitamin B12. But I, I mean... Iron and vitamin B12, you you can get either through supplementation or, I mean, in iron, there's plenty Mm. of plant-based sources of iron. But interestingly, the frustrating thing is that that's the part of the study that then a few tabloid news sources, news in the most generous sense, have picked up on. So I, I originally came across this story from the Daily Mail who ran with the headline, Warning Vegans, Animal Proteins Are Crucial for Healthy Aging, major study of 50,000 women shows. That, that was like a little subtext in the summary of the of the study. It's saying like, oh, well, yeah, small amount of animal protein. And yet the Daily Mail was running with, oh, yes, you see, you need to have some. That They're yeah, overlooking but- the fact that the study's conclusion was the vast majority of your protein should come from plant-based sources small amount of animal protein for their iron and b12 yeah that's just really annoying isn't it it is i mean to 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 be honest i I think people who want to completely avoid animal products from a an ethical point of view or an environmental point of view like they will do so regardless of what what a health study says unless it's completely stark saying do not go vegan you'll die I, I think, you know, we don't need to really quibble these tiny little mm. points of the, the fact that it said use a bit of animal protein. Like the fact is, mm. it's that way round. They're saying the vast majority mm. of your protein should come from plants mm. and, yeah, include a small amount of animal protein. Obviously, we can point point to reams 
of evidence of studies saying don't include any animal products at all. But yeah. I'm not going to quibble with that point other than the fact that a, a tabloid has then ran with that as the headline, ignoring everything else. Did you did you notice at the end as well, it says uh, research reported in this article was supported by the US Department of Agriculture's Agricultural Research Service. So I just wonder if maybe that's why they had to put the little bit of animal protein in there. Uh, who knows? I don't know. Maybe. I'll still take mm. it, though. I I'm still yeah. going to see that as a win. Right, and some lighter stories to finish. Yes, yeah, starting with this one from Vegan Food and Living. Vegans reveal the top 10 foods they miss the most. I don't know if I have 10 foods I miss, to be honest. But no, maybe me Maybe we're just old school vegans who just don't care about food anymore. We just sniff rocks and grass. Anyway, the new data from the Goodness Project reveals the top 10 foods vegans miss the most by analysing Google searches for plant-based alternatives over the past year. Here are the results in order. So the thing that people miss the most was chocolate, followed by banana bread, cheese, burgers, curry, butter, cupcakes, ice cream, cookies, marshmallows, in that order. Kate, what do you make of this? <laughs> I am sceptical. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, apart from butter, all those things you can get as vegan anyway. And um, Have you ever you heard know, someone go, oh, do you know what I miss? Butter. Mm, Who's saying that? No, I know, I know. It's, it's mad, isn't it? Um, but yeah, just searching for those products, though, it doesn't mean that you miss it. I mean... <laughs> I, I I search for ink cartridges on like doesn't mean I miss them. It just means you know I've run out. So yeah, yeah. I was on the trainline.com last night because I miss trains so much. Oh, did you? We're sitting on a train at the time. Oh, oh, I'm just missing missing the train. Yeah, yeah. Rid ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Also, like banana bread. Come on, surely that surely that illustrates that the floor in this logic yeah. i mean you know they want to mm. vegan food and living do a lot of stories that aren't aren't really news you know they're, no. they're a good resource for a lot of things a lot of recipes on there but they'll just put stuff to fill the space won't they mm. but it does give you these headlines that people then sometimes take seriously i mean really the the thing that people miss second most as a vegan is banana bread yeah so i reckon they're just hunting oh how about i fancy some banana bread some nice vegan banana bread i'll just look up a recipe how's about that no you, know, you miss I, it this shows that I veganism isn't sustainable <laughs> You you have cravings. Oh, dear. it's mad, isn't it? And like you can't you can't have a vegan curry, can you? Yeah, my absolute favourite to to show the flaw in this this logic. I apologise because we're picking this apart rather mercilessly. Yeah, I know. But it um, they said oh there've been some surprise results in twelfth place, not making the top ten is vegan haggis. People miss vegan haggis. Now, why on earth would haggis be the 12th most requested food? Well, it turned out that the data came from using Google searches in January. At the end of January is Burns Night. So I think that there's just been loads of people searching for yeah. vegan haggis at the end of January because it's Burns Night. I'm pretty sure in March that, mm. that haggis is not the 12th most requested vegan food or search for food it's just um deeply flawed but yeah what what a shame vegan food and living what a shame it's just yes not not their best article perhaps i don't no, know I, I think it just point it, it, it suggests that veganism is a lifestyle of deficiency you know it's it's not saying yeah. oh here are the 
you know, we've got this list. We've we've looked through Google. Here are the things that people are searching for because you can veganize anything. You can veganize banana bread. You can veganize butter. You can veganize marshmallows. They could have gone for that line, but instead they've gone, what do vegans miss the most? And I, I think that's a missed opportunity, really, to yeah. put a positive focus on things instead of a, oh, veganism is so hard. Yeah, Good point, and actually, very good point. Yes. Oh, thanks, Kate. Thank you. <laughs> it's true, though. Absolutely, it is. Veganism is a, a diet. If you're going to go down the diet diet line of abundance, isn't it? Is. it? It's, you know, it's, it's so much more that I've you know learned to cook, learned to love so many different uh, cultural dishes and things. Mm. You know, it's all the fruits and vegetables. Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't well, miss anything. Do you? I'm not Thing. No, and I'd so, extend what you're saying, and I'd say it's a lifestyle of abundance. If I think of the people yeah. I've met, the different interests that I've taken on that I do not think I would have come across or learnt about or kind of had the proclivity to to go towards if yeah. it wasn't for being vegan. So abundance rather than uh, shrinkage, totally. I think. Right, let's finish things off, Kate, and more more niche foods finishing the show off now. Indeed, from Yahoo Finance. The world's premiere of vegan foie gras, vegan caviar and vegan truffle butter. So, a special menu using the newest non-GMO soybean protein-based alternative plant-based meat named Next Beef 1-0 will be offered along with showcasing the world premiere of vegan foie gras, vegan caviar and vegan truffle butter for the first time in Thailand. Next Meats Company Limited and Dr Foods Company Limited are seeking for a mutually beneficial local production and distribution partner in Thailand to scale up the international vegan business from Asia to American and European markets towards the future. Who's in? Uh, No, I'm out. I'm not. (laughs) I'm I'm not investing in uh, vegan foie gras caviar or truffle butter. This is like the anti-story from from the last one, isn't it? And I feel like they are saying, look, anything's possible. Even Mm. vegan caviar. Like, surely no one's actually saying, oh, do you know what I miss? Caviar. No, or foie gras. Yeah. Revolting, revolting. Yeah. Um, I mean, is that your take on this, Kate? That they're they're just saying, look, anything's possible. It's not that there's a market for this, surely. I don't know. I don't know. I guess, I guess that probably France is the home of foie gras, unfortunately, isn't it? Mm. Um, Maybe there is. Maybe there is a or they, a high end market for vegan caviar. Maybe there is. I don't know. I guess even though foie gras itself disgusts me, and and therefore I would not even want to eat vegan foie gras mm. myself. If it actually tastes like foie gras and people switch to that instead, to for me that's quite a good thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, if, if such people are out there that that would be willing to swap. I don't know. I just think things like that are, are probably it is about the prestige of it, and so having a mm. fake version it doesn't isn't going to have that prestige because <laughs> things like being compassionate aren't seen as uh, posh and prestigious. But I was thinking, mm. have I ever had anything like that? And I, I never had real black pudding, but I've had vegan black pudding a couple of times just out of intrigue. And it, it, I thought it was pretty lame, to be honest. <laughs> 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 but but maybe the original is too. 
so maybe it was really accurate yeah sadly i have to say i have eaten black pudding a very 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 long time ago and i actually can't even remember what it tasted like so you know can't have been that good then no no no. anyway that brings us to an end of this week's (laughs) just just the end (laughs) of everything (laughs) the end of this week's top 10 news story so a question to all of you listening what are your thoughts on this week's news who's going to be the next organization to dare mention the v word and get into trouble have belgium started a wave of common sense labeling that will protect vegan companies and are you desperate to get your hands on some vegan foie gras probably not is there anything we've missed this week or in fact got completely wrong let us know your opinions indeed we'd love to hear from you next month is our next listener mailbag episode so we're keen to hear your thoughts on these or any other vegan or animal rights news out there Get in touch with us by email at enoughofthefalafel at gmail.com. We're also Enough of the Falafel on Facebook, Instagram or TikTok, where you can get little sneak previews on the news we're covering in each episode. So that's all we're covering in this show. But don't worry if you're used to more vegan talk after the news section. It is still coming, but you need to wait until Thursdays now for our vegan talk show. We're keeping our vegan week news chat and our vegan talk deeper discussions on separate shows just to make it easier for you to find the content you want more quickly. That's right, Ant. And on this week's Vegan Talk, Ant, myself and Julie will be discussing whether new vegans should just focus on getting the food right first. Be sure to look out for that one on Thursday. Set up notifications on your podcast provider, subscribe to our feed or just check back on Enough of the Falafel page on Thursday morning and it'll be up there along with our Going Vegan series, which you definitely need to check out if you haven't already. Right, that is enough of the Falafel for this week's Vegan News. I've been Anthony. And I've been Kate. And this is episode 31 of Vegan Week. This show is kindly sponsored by our friends at Fire and Flow Coffee Roasters. And they're such great people. They're offering all enough of the Falafel listeners a cheeky 10% off orders on their online store when using the code FALAFEL10. That's FALAFEL, the number 10. Fire and Flow, a specialty coffee roastery based in the Cotswold with a fully vegan coffee shop on site. Yeah, they're a vegan founded company too. They're run by three friends, Shah, Callum and Phil, and they specialise in roasting and supplying wholesale coffee beans to coffee shops, restaurants, hotels and offices. For the wholesale part of their operations, they work with other businesses to help them get the most out of their coffee offering, with free barista training and full technical support included. The products themselves are the result of their passion for working with skilled and ethical-minded farmers who produce the highest quality beans. Fire and Flow then roast them to perfection in small batches at their roastery in Sirencester, which you can visit at any time book onto one of their barista courses or roastery tours via their website fireandflowcoffee.co.uk While you're there, you can check out the beautiful, fully vegan coffee shop on site. I've been there myself. It's absolutely brilliant and it's open seven days a week from nine till three. The last time I went, it was a Sunday afternoon. It was glorious. It's just a fab place to hang out and feel good about life. 
Give them a follow on Instagram to get the latest at Fire and Flow Coffee. And for those online orders, remember the code exclusively for our brilliant Enough of the Falafel community. That is Falafel 10. 10 is 1 and 0. So Falafel 1 0.